Welcome to the GBU Podcast, presented by Alex Mitchell. A huge welcome to this episode of the GBU Podcast. A massive shout out to our awesome friends at the Creative Roots and What If Events, two fantastic businesses that make this series possible. In this episode, I'm joined by Simana Duran, who is the founder of Be Your Own. She does a huge amount in the entrepreneurship space, not only in the UK, but also in the US and Canada. She has a real passion for supporting female founders and some unique insights in her own journey and why creating her business now has been developed directly because of the experiences she had when she started up. So if you want to hear a little bit more around the importance of having the right support around you at the right time, if you want to hear a little bit around the challenges and how to overcome finding the right talent, this is an episode not to be missed. I know you'll get a lot out of it, so I hope you enjoy it. In this episode, I am joined by Samana, who's going to tell you a little bit more about her journey. And then we're going to discuss some of the lessons that took her to where she is and how she has achieved success in her business she is running. So, Samana, over to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today and joining you on your show. Um, so, my name's Samana. Um, I'm the founder of Be Your Own, which is a digital media and content company. And we've switched over to advertising now that primarily focuses on young women in business young startups for, for women in business, and just really providing them the right tools and resources to be able to grow their business. Um, it, I guess it launched off the first venture, which I launched in 2012. I was 22 years of age as a retail startup. And I guess the whole initiative was built off of really needed that needing that support ne- mechanism and that whole like support network that I personally didn't have. And I think that had I have had that support mechanism in place and having the right people to guide me and mentor me whilst growing my first business, I definitely don't think I would have made the mistakes that I did. And I probably would have got to where I wanted to be a lot quicker and also not wasted a lot of money. So that's kind of where we're at. I think it's, I mean, it's great to hear what you're doing in relation to giving back and supporting others and the business you found with that. But let's just talk a little bit about that support because it is I know when I started up about six seven years ago now and started a charity at roughly the same time it is really exciting but then there are barrier after barrier after barrier I was then given you know from my own perspective I was given some poor advice on certain situations there's the whole issue of keeping up with the Joneses mentality you know startup events are a bloody nightmare for that where people are only interested in size of the office space number of people you employ and what funding round you're on and it is quite difficult, isn't it? Because it does, you are sort of encouraged to take risks that you might not want to take. And you have advice from others who are giving advice when possibly they shouldn't be giving it. So in relation to where you were, where, where did, was it, were there, was there aspects of your journey you literally had to make those mistakes and learn as you went along? Or did you bring in a mentor or, or what did that look like for you? I mean, I, I mean, I moved to London essentially to be a TV presenter. That is exactly what I wanted to be. I was very, very young, but I knew that it was a very fickle industry. So a lot of my contacts and database were really people from the, the TV world, the media world. And so I didn't really have any business minded people around me. And I think when I took on my first investor, he was great. Don't get me wrong. He didn't really mentor me as such. But because we were so small and he doesn't typically invest at seed round, uh, we skip, mm. kind of skipped all of that. And a lot of it was like 
super rushed. I mean, we were distributing and fulfilling in all these different countries, which is great. But we took on a PR agency that was way too big for us. We was just so small fry. And I think that I did need to make those mistakes in order to build the resilience that I now have as an entrepreneur um, and have that tenacity and that perseverance to really keep going when the times get tough. And I learned some really hard lessons from that. But I, I just think that, yeah, like had I've had a better mentorship around me and people around me that really got the brand vision and understanding that we're still at startup um, and that was literally our first round of funding, we would have moved at a pace that would have been more suitable for the brand. Yeah. And I think let's pick up on one area where you mentioned perseverance because it is when things don't go to pan, it is bloody nightmare you feel like the earth has fallen out from under your feet you feel that nothing is going one thing goes wrong and then i found that you'd usually find a number of other things that go wrong in quick succession and you're like they're questioning yourself why can't i be in a proper job where i'm getting paid leave and paid holiday and sickness leave and and all the rest of it so with that perseverance how did you create that yourself because it is something that you know we've talked a, a lot around this sort of pandemic around mental health and the importance of sharing and there's been the heads together campaign and things like that but it is something that we don't often share it is it seems to be like a british mentality of the stiff british upper lip thing and i'm not going to talk that i'm feeling low or down or things haven't gone because it shows vulnerability but w- with you how how did you find you built up that perseverance because there are times like that where it can seem like a very dark lonely place well it is and I think the, the issue that we're often faced with today is that you know we we see the over glamorization of what entrepreneurship really is and yeah. yeah don't get me wrong being on yachts having supercars and going to really nice restaurants is fun it's really nice but that is not entrepreneurship having a Rolex watch mm. and like I say driving supercars it's I suppose if you if you accredit that to your success and that's a way to measure your, your success and absolutely, but there are an incredible amount of really dull days where you wake up in the morning and you're like, Oh my goodness. Like, of course, if you know, you didn't have your brand to wake up to or your business to wake up to, you'd be equally sad, but it is so tough. And it's a very lonely journey that if you were to go down the local pub and most of your friends have got steady income related jobs, nine to five, holiday pay, sickness pay, maternity pay, and all these amazing benefits of having that kind of job, which there is absolutely nothing wrong with, they're just not going to understand. They're not going to understand that, okay, well, I need this client to come in or I need this invoice paying faster or whatever it is, like, you know, to happen, to be able to take yourself to the next level. They're they're just never going to get that. And like I said, entrepreneurship is just such a lonely place. But I think over time and having that experience and going through some really bad situations where I almost lost the business, you know, I had to sacrifice paying a PR agency, the three grand or paying the rent for my place in Kensington. Like a lot of people don't get to see that because of what we're, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's great marketing. All all we see and all we're kind of really surrounded by is just people saying how great it is to run a business and not really the pitfalls and the the horrible realization that it's it's so tough it is just really Mm. tough and to separate separate yourself and be put in a different category of success is it's it is difficult because how do you measure how do you measure success like is it because you're you're 
turning over 100 grand more? Is it because you've got more staff, as you say? Is it because you've got a bigger office? Like, how do you even measure that? So exactly and i think it's you know the point of the supercar and the private yachts you only have to search the hashtag startup on instagram and you start to get all these people posing you know posing in front of this and i think that i mean we we all do it to a certain extent i remember when i was um so i used to do quite a bit or used to do a bit of running and when i was traveling i remember doing a run out in um buenos aires and i took this lovely photo of me standing with the sort of marina in the background and the harbor in the background and what I didn't show is if you literally panned 10 degrees, there was a burnt out car and the, the protest going on as well. And it's like, so, so we all kind of do that. Not, I don't necessarily do it to sort of deceive, but I think we always try and put on a strong face. But you are right, within the startup world, it is, you know, from what I've seen, it's incredibly toxic. It is, it is not good. And because you are forced to hide the challenges you're facing, well, like when you say, you know, do I give up? you know, paying my rent or do I give up doing this or do I hire another person of staff or do I, you know, what, there are always these choices you're having to make and they're quite stark choices. And for me, one of the things I found, and it'd be, you know, great segue into your business here as well, having the right community, having this, these individuals around you who can, yes, sort of celebrate your success and, you know, high five you and all the rest of it when we're allowed to obviously but high five you and all the rest of it when things go right but more importantly they're there to say look don't worry i've been there i've seen something like this you're going to get through it and it's quite difficult with all the the new number of startups which are launching at the moment which are you know we're at record levels now they're going to be a lot of people that are going to be facing these dark moments and this is where you know, communities like yours, like the ones I've been involved in as well, are absolutely critical, aren't they? Yeah, I feel like they're just so paramount as well to your success. Um, Having that support mechanism in place and being openly able to discuss the pitfalls of entrepreneurship and actually what it's like running a business without feeling that, you know, you've got to put on this, as you say, keeping up with the Jones, you know, this face and this facade of everything's okay. Yeah. I'm turning over X, Y, Z and I've landed all these different clients. Like we, we owe it to ourselves as entrepreneurs to just be really brutally honest and say, it is bloody tough out there. Like, and things aren't getting any easier, especially now with this COVID-19 pandemic. Like it is really hard. And I think there's real beauty in just showing your vulnerability. And I think we really need to do that more and just say, listen, guys, it's really tough. I'm, I'm facing this challenge. And I think you'd have more people kind of coming forward and saying, hey, do you know what? I can totally relate. I can resonate. And that's exactly what we're doing at Be Your Own is just creating that hub, creating that safe space, creating those resources where people can come, look for inspiration and admire those that are doing great and also get that advice and guidance of, okay, I'm a small business owner. What do you think about that? Even silly things right down to having the, the right business headshot and putting themselves out as the business mm. owner. Like we get people asking for advice on all different things. And it's nice because we really see that community engaging and just wanting to support other women in business and just saying, hey, like we're going through this as well. Let's just champion each other and just make sure that we're true to our authentic self whilst running a business and supporting other like-minded women in business as well. And with, we've talked a lot about some of the challenges and obviously what you've set up is very much emotionally connected to your journey or it seems like it. But within Be Your Own, 
what are some of the success stories? What is, you know, for me, like the, some of the positives I've seen with different communities I've been a part of is just when someone puts out there, like, you know, I've had a really tough day. I've had a really crap day. I've lost a client or I've had someone who was really nasty to me or really difficult in an unprofessional manner. And actually it has been how the community has come around that individual. That has been the stuff that goes, that puts a smile on my face and goes, yeah, that's, that's what it is about. Is it necessarily about introductions to the next client? It tends to be around just actual support and genuine support for each other. But within Be Your Own, what are some of the sort of success stories that, that, that you can share? I think it's always really nice when people write great testimonies about Be Your Own. And the, one of the, the, the ethos that we have as company culture is, you know, all of my team, I say it's not about bringing in more clients. It's about taking care of the ones that we've got, taking care of the brands that we already look after, making sure that the female entrepreneurs that we work with we, we really reinvest back into them and help them as much as we can. So it's always really nice for us as a brand when people are like, oh my goodness, just work with this brand, be your owner, really amazing. And it's not to blow my own trumpet, but it's like, because we're not so money driven all the time, we're, I'm a results driven person. Um, I'm a results driven leader so I always think that with the results that are driven people need to be rewarded for that and that's always something that I put across to my team all the time that we get great results and we see other women connecting and linking up in New York I mean we're quite big over in the states and also in Canada as well so we often have women that are like oh I'm putting an exhibition together can you recommend me a photographer or a videographer or someone who's got a a gallery or like an event pop-up space and we're like absolutely let's connect this and we don't get any commission from that we're not like the intermediate that say okay well we need 10 percent here or five percent there and that's not to say that i'm not a business-minded person of course that would be great but for us we get so much satisfaction out of watching the pictures or seeing the feedback and them sending over links to like events that have happened and collaborations and partnership deals that have happened just through working with the Be Your Own brand. That to us is like, to me personally, is what like a success story really is. And I think it's, it's almost that, um, I mean, it's like, you're correct. It isn't about not being commercial. It's about truly altruistic connections. It's about genuinely trying to support. If you can help someone, you should try and support them. And, you know, good things come from doing good things. So is, is, you know, something I really believe. And, with your own journey, it's, you, you know, you said when you started out when you were 22 with your first business there, now you're both based in the UK. I think I'm correct in saying you're one of Forbes' 30 under 30 as well. You know, you've, you're ba- you've got operations in the US and Canada, you're growing there as well. What have been some of your biggest learnings? Obviously, community being a key element and support being a key element. But what are some of the other possible challenges or possibly lessons you've learned along the way? Well, one of the challenges that I'm often faced with is hiring a great person. I mean, they always say that you need to hire someone that's greater than you, because if you're just hiring someone that can do pretty much the same as you, how are you going to take yourself to the next level? How are you going to reach those next milestones? Um, And I'm always, like I say, I'm a a results-driven person, and I like to see things scale and grow and flourish. Um, So being able to find great people to hire who want to come on board with the brand and know that, okay, I mean, we have had a lot of applications for jobs that we've put out. We've been very fortunate to find great people, but that's not to say that in the very beginning, when we first started out as a nonprofit, 
um, back in 2016 that um, we had, you know, a real trial and error of people because they just didn't fit the ethos. They didn't understand the brand brand DNA. They didn't understand where our vision was going. And that is so important that when you're taking people on board, that they really understand what the brand stands for and you're all moving collectively in the same direction. Um, I think one of my key learnings throughout all of this business entrepreneurship journey this is so windy, sorry. Um, is just really put your foot down and stand for what you believe in. Um, yeah. It's so important to be authentic, and that is exactly what Be Your Own is built on. And even Critics Clothing, the first retail startup that I had, is all about owning your own identity and standing firm for what you believe in and not conforming to the societal views of how you should and shouldn't be. And I think that goes to say you know as far as running a business like if you truly don't believe in something if you think something is unethical or it doesn't fit your ideal there is nothing wrong with having confidence and saying no we're not taking that direction and that exactly that is exactly what we say at be your own all the women that we work with we're so proud of because what they built is what they've stood for whether it's you know being more environmentally aware like i say or reducing carbon footprint or being sustainable or just the decisions that they're making every day like i always say just be your true authentic self and no one is going to expect any more than that as long as you're honest as long as you always stand for what you believe in you can't go wrong what you know and you remain like like you said you remain true to yourself and i think it's now, having that confidence is quite a is actually quite a tough thing sometimes, especially when you're starting out and you're you're trying to get as much on board. You're often trying to push and pull in different directions. And I think, like you said, being true to yourself is key. But let's just wrap up on an area you've mentioned. You do a lot with female founders. There are some amazing stats out there. Some people talk openly about. Some other platforms that remain nameless don't necessarily talk openly that openly about them. But female-founded businesses or business with, with at least one female founder on board are far more likely to commercially succeed in the medium to long term. The importance of diversity and inclusion, and diversity in its truest sense, is so important for business, as well as all walks of life. But the work you're doing with female founders at the moment, what are some of the key trends you're seeing come out of that? And, and what do you feel that the business landscape could be doing more of you've we've heard a lot from government about diversity on boards and quotas and and things like this you could go down one model and have forced quotas like i think they did when uh, as the oslo example and then you just ended up with people with directorships in paper only but what what do you feel what are some of the key trends you're seeing from other female founders in your community in that space do you mean in terms of challenges what they're faced with every day challenges and, and what more we could do to encourage and support more female entrepreneurs. And one of the communities I run, we it's called the ID99. The Institute has had challenges of attracting a diverse crowd. And I think it's been key to try and create something and driven by individuals within the space and within the community themselves, rather than having someone else sort of dictating from on high what entrepreneurship or what female entrepreneurship should be done or should be done to support female entrepreneurs or younger entrepreneurs. And I think it's it's being able to have that conversation at the top level and taken seriously from the top down with real action, which has changed matters there. But what, you know, from some of the trends you're seeing within the entrepreneurship space more broadly, but also within the female founder space, 
what more do you feel could be done maybe within the UK to enhance and encourage more women out there to get out and set up their own companies? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you know, women really need to have more confidence in themselves to be like, okay, I can be at a leadership position, like I can take on a more leadership role and really put themselves out there because the issue that we see is that it's not really an issue, but with men, they're all about the bravado and the ego. So everything that they do is, you know, it's me. And they're happy to put themselves at the forefront, whereas women don't. They often take a backseat. And that's one of the things that we really try to encourage at Be Your Own is, you know, put yourself out there. Who are you? Like, be proud that you're a co-founder of a startup and you're doing great things and you're, you've got your initiative out there. Um, I think one of the things that I would really like to see changed is not only women being given the opportunity to have more leadership roles and especially women of colour, um, but also having more female founded um, founders getting that investment that they really need because yeah. funding is still really tough for women. And that's a real common thread that we see, especially like with the women that I've interviewed on the podcast, they're saying without being too rude, they're saying, you know, a lot of the guys are, you know, pale and stale and they mm-hmm. don't get it. They just don't understand if you've got like a sustainable um, a Tampax t- tampon brand, how is someone who's going to ha- who's got the money and the financial, um, how are they going to financially invest when they just don't, they've probably never even seen a tampon in their life, you know? Mm. Um, how are they going to get that brand mission? Like, how are they going to see the overall vision of the brand? So I think the funding element is then, and I would really like to see more investment into women and women-led um, startups overall. I mean, I, I remember hearing a great speech by... Bill Morrow, who I think is the founder of Angels Den, who has been really stark on, like, you know, it's if you want to invest in a business where you've got, I think he was saying like two or three times higher chance of success with a female-founded business than a male-founded business, why would you even look at investing in a male-only board or a male-only founding team? Look at diversity. It was like, he, he was absolutely clear with it and had all the stats from obviously his platform as well saying this is what we're seeing. But I think sadly, you know, what you talk about, the bravado, the sort of fake it until you make it, you know, the sort of that side of things is is sadly fueling some, especially the sort of the crowdfunding websites and things like that. Whereas actually female founders tend to possibly do more due diligence and have a little bit more understanding of hearing conversations in from the other side. Certainly as, you know, there's some fairly major examples of businesses failing at the moment, whereby you look at the number of FTSE females, uh, women on the boards of FTSE companies or FTSE 250 or large aim listed, and you look at the business that are failing and you look at their diversity on their boards and you do sort of start to possibly see a correlation between the two. But yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. From my perspective, it, it, just, it, it just doesn't make sense. If, if, you know, if you're an investor and you know you're going to have a better chance of return by investing into a diverse board, why in God's name wouldn't you invest into a diverse board and, and push that? But I, I fully agree with that. It's something I've seen from different communities I've been a part of as well. But they also say as well, like the stats that are shown and the stats that have been presented, like women only raise half of what they need, but they make it stretch so much um, further yeah. than men do because men will raise and they will raise successfully but they just I don't say they're frivolous but again it's about that ego it's about that bravado whereas women are so they make decisions based on the pros and the cons and they weigh it up and 
they're very emotionally intelligent like mm. women in le- who are leaders are so good there's just like women in general are just so brilliant and i think that there just needs to be more available like options available for women to really get out there and, and get their businesses started because you know that's what's fueling the economy like seeing women in business thrive should it should be a great thing you know we've come such a long way from you know um women being able to vote i mean it's a little over 100 years now but there is still so much more that needs to be done and i'm not just talking about equal pay and equality i just mean that you know women are now being given more options but more options still need to be passed their way hmm. that makes sense um but, uh, 100% and and i think it's you know in there's this great example it's a few years old now but the um small business administration in the us did a lot of work of encouraging more female entrepreneurs and percentage wise in the uk if we had the same percentage wise on female entrepreneurs as they do in the us it would contribute an additional 60 billion pounds to the uk economy every year so again doesn't it make sense we shouldn't even be having this conversation especially at the moment where our finances are we should be encouraging more female entrepreneurs and it's ridiculous that 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 we don't but i think also what you do would be your own it cannot just be lip service it has got no. to be more it cannot just be a speech by a politician or a speech by a senior business person there has got to be action that underpins it with a real sort of narrative change as well there are fairly significant issues even within the sort of um, founders of color whereby i've spoken to founders who change their name if they're going for funding you know to from a nigerian name to john or paul or stephen because they know that will be that will get them over the hurdle to actually get in front of the investor and then they can pitch their ideas so there there is sort of you know in you know institutionalized barriers put in place that we also need to break down to get over that point as well mm-hmm. that's interesting but, you say that yeah Sorry. yeah it's 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 quite mm-hmm. staggering and i and there were some issues in the US a few years ago of men looking to swap sexual favors for female founders to provide funding for female founders. And again, there was some of that happening within the London ecosystem with female founders I'm speaking to down here as well. And again, this isn't something that, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, men need to be part of this change. We need to be engaged. We can't shy away from it. We've got to ensure that we encourage inclusive and diverse networking environments too often. Again, we're talking about some of the issues with startup events, but too often you go to a startup events and it's very sort of beer fueled and very sort of that type of thing. It isn't necessarily a inclusive environment. It isn't particularly a friendly environment in some instances either. So I, I think there is a really important change, a cultural change that needs to happen on that side as well. And the only way we can do it is by all of us being part of the change rather than men just going, oh, well, you know, it's female founders problem. They can, they can deal with it. I think we're, we all need to be part of that solution. Yeah, I'm so glad that you've come on board and you've mentioned that because some some guys just don't really get it. It's a collective thing; like everything has a domino effect, right? So if it's if you know that the problem starts here, then that's that's where we need to implement the changes, and then it happens top tier down or wherever it's going. You know, to be able to have that trickle on effect. Yeah, and I I think it's probably because I have an incredibly great wife who's also my best mate and (laughs) provides me some of the best advice I've ever had and can be very blunt about it, but steers me in exactly the right direction. 
I need to go. So uh, I definitely have to live what I'm talking about as well. And she's done amazing things in the tech space as well. But look, thank you so much indeed for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure, honestly. Thank you. And if you are watching this, I'll make sure the links to Be Your Own are below. It is a great organisation to be a part of and connect with. So do check it out. I hope you've really enjoyed this session and got a lot out of it. If you have any questions or comments, do stick it in the relevant boxes below or email through. And look after yourselves. And until next time, keep safe. Thank you for listening to another episode of the GBU podcast presented by Alex Mitchell. 